Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Last Sunday, you got to meet uh, my pastor and one of my pastors, to, uh, to be correct, but you met Pastor Leo, and you've known Pastor Leo, but, but what a ministry. And if you missed last Sunday, I, 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 I can't explain this, but, but just the presence that was here that you might not get during the podcast, um, it was just so special. I can't, ex- I, I'm still trying to, I'm still living within what happened last Sunday. And um, it's been, it was such a mighty move of God. So Pastor Leo is a gift for me. You may, be not, you may not understand his gift, may, but I feel like this church understands his gift. But I know for me, specifically, he's a gift because of who he, the role he plays in my life. The voice he is to me. The ear he is to my voice. The prayers, the crying, um, the going to his house and, and just him always being there um, for me. And, and, and I hope you received from that gift um, what he does for me in the secret place, in the secret intimate relationships that I have with Leo. Amen? With, with that said, uh, today I have a really, really good friend of mine, one of my bestest of friends, and his name is Kevin. I, I love saying his whole name because Kevin's just like Kevin. But what's cool about it is his last name is just, is just dynamic. His name is Kevin Restrepo. And you see this guy come up here and you're like, what part of Idaho is he from, Montana? But you'll be amazed to know that he speaks better Spanish away from maybe Lucho and Astrid. He's right up there with them. But this guy's purebred Colombian, man. I mean, he, he's Colombian and now, arepas and the whole nine. And, and um, this guy comes up here and you're like, there's no way this, this guy's Colombian. And, and uh, he's just a special gift. He's a special gift. Um, before he comes up here, he, he's a gift in my life. And, and today he's going to be a gift in your life. Uh, just because of what, the role he plays in my life. I want you guys to know that. I shared that in the 930 huddle. Um, I don't share my whole life with everyone because I necessarily I can't. And it's not healthy and it's not well because some people can't know everything about you um, because it'll be dangerous in their hands if they know everything about you. But I found a friend in Kevin that he knows so much about me, if not everything um, he knows some of my darkest things. He knows some of my deepest cries. He's heard me in my greatest of complaints. And he's someone that I know that I could call at any moment of the day, and he'll never judge me for it. He'll always be an ear, and he'll always be someone that prays for me. He's an accountability to me, as I am to him. I love him so much. Kevin is someone that when I first came to the Lord, I had my youth group friends, but I needed a friend. I needed someone to cling to, someone to be an intimate friendship with, a brother. And I prayed to the Lord as Friday nights and Saturday nights came. God, I am lonely. At this time, I was going out to parties. At this time, I was doing this. I was doing that. And I am so lonely. And I started to pray, Lord, give me a friend. Give me a Christian friend. Kevin came into our youth group. He came into my life. And immediately, Kevin became one of my bestest friends. And um, we needed each other during that time of our lives. Because that time of our lives was crucial because of the walk of life that we were both in. And we just spent a lot of time in those beginning, the beginning few years uh, of our walk with the Lord. And here we are some 20-something years later. And you're still my friend. Thank you. Amen. Um, in, in the book of James, chapter 5, 16, it says, Confess your sins to one another. Pray to one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
and I, and I, and I can't, I, I want to say this publicly to him because sometimes I'll sit on the phone, but I want him to know before you that I thank him for being that another in my life. And I, and I could tell you that my wife can probably thank you for being that person in my life and for being that another that, that, I could, that you could pray for me and that your prayers have been effective in my life and your words have been beautiful to me. Um, the, the scripture says in Proverbs 2, the righteous, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Proverbs 12 says that. The righteous choose their friends carefully. And I could tell you, maybe I don't have a, a busload of friends, but I know for sure in the man that's going to be pouring into you today, I have a friend that has been carefully and beautifully given to me by God. So uh, I thank him because he's a friend, as Proverbs also says, who loves at all times and a brother who's been born in adversity. Amen. Kevin is my brother, and um, he's my first Christian friend. He's my first f- friend when I, came, when I was newborn in the Lord. And um, he's not a pastor, though he's been told today, welcome to church, Pastor Kevin, a bunch of times. <laughs> so who knows what that means for him. Um, he may not have a, what you might think, like, oh, where's his ministry at and what kind of ministry he has. But he has a mighty ministry, a mighty ministry in my life. And I hope that because of that, you receive him and say, thank you for being a ministry to our pastor's life. You, you guys understand what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you for being a voice in our pastor's life. Um, he is one of the, 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 the minute individuals that knows almost everything about me. And um, he, still, he puts his arm around me and says, God still wants to use you. There's still hope, and I thank him for that. I love you, Kevin. Um, I know he has a word. I don't know when was the last time he preached. It's probably been years. And we told him, we don't care about that. We want to hear the word of God and what he's put in your heart. We know he's in the right doctrine, and we want him to speak what God's put in his heart. Amen. Let's welcome my friend, your friend, my brother, your brother, Kevin Restrepo. Restrepo. That's like a mafia name, man. Love you, man. Amen. Every time Kevin comes to Miami, he comes loaded. My car's full of gifts, his computer. And man, pray for his mom. He's been here because his mom is uh, sick in the hospital. She just had a knee replacement and she's recovering. And um, it's been a tax on them, but pray for her. What's your mom's name again? Olga Restrepo. Olga Restrepo. Told you he's Colombian. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, my name's Kevin Restrepo, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Amen. And um, I'm 43 years young, but I feel like I'm 60 years old at times because I live in Georgia and it's extremely cold over there and my bones feel it. And I still always dream to one day come back and stay nice and warm. My wife wants to move to New York. I don't know about that. (laughs) We live, we live um, in a little town um, in um, Georgia called Loganville. It's a little city that's slowly growing and the taxes are going up. <laughs> um, there's two reasons why I'm here. Oh, wait, um, I'm sorry, I just went through. I want to show you some pictures of my family. That's my wife, Marta Pavlova Scarpita Alvarez de Alvarez Restrepo. Yes. <laughs> It took me a long time to literally say that, and then it took me longer to spell that. But I got it down. That little girl right there, that's my little daughter. She's seven years old. She, her name is, um, oh my gosh, I just, Isabella Grace Restrepo. I think it's because I'm a little nervous. Um, that little girl has impacted my life. She loves the Lord. There's something very special about her. 
The other day she comes up to me and she goes, Daddy, guess who's the number one person in my life? You know, and I'm like, what's up? All right, who is it, sweetie? And she goes, God, Jesus, you're number two. <laughs> and she goes, and mommy's number two, too. And I go, that's right, baby. That's where I want you to always be. I want you to always look at us as second and God always as first. Because the day that I'm not there, the day that my, mother, my wife is not there, she'll know where to go. And she'll go there even before she, even if we are there, she'll always run to them, her, to God first. <clears throat> I do apologize. My voice is a little um, messed up. I've gone through a lot in the last few days. But um, I know that today the word is going to penetrate. So, did you all see the pictures? Awesome. All right. So, I'm in Miami for two reasons. One reason is my mother. My mother had knee replacement 16 years ago on her right, and now 16 years later, she had knee replacement on her left side. And it hit me. I was like, you know, I need to go to Miami and take care of my mother because she's a lot older now. She's 80-something years old. And I was like, I need to go do what she did for me all my life. <laughs> Amen. So my mother, throughout my childhood, all the way into my teens, my late teens, she took good care of me. She, raised, you know, she tried to always tell me to do the right things and, and all that. But when I would get sick, she would take care of me. And when I almost died at the age of 16 from meningitis, she was there taking care of me. And she had a secret weapon. That secret weapon was, many of you probably know, los pañitos. So she would, she would give me the medicine, but she knew that this wasn't enough. She would take out los pañitos and she would put them in, cold, in a bucket of cold ice water. And she would squeeze it and put them on me. And I remember that it would just soothe the heat, the, 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 the actual fever, and she would do it over and over again. While she was doing it, she was praying for me. And that meningitis had killed three people that month that I had it. I saw it on the news, and I was blown away by it. At the same time, um, I got the opportunity, not once, but twice, last month, once again, my daughter, got a, she got the flu. And I was giving her medicine. My wife, we were taking care of her, loving on her. And I go, it's time to take out the secret weapon. <laughs> we took out the secret weapon. Boom, 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 boom. And she's, Daddy, this feels great. And she was, you know, she got better and she healed up. And you see, those secret weapons come from the God, of, the God above. He blessed generation after generation after generation. And we keep doing what God has taught us to, to heal one another, to love one another. And I praise God for that. The second reason why I'm here is because my brother Rigo knew I was coming and he, he asked me, hey, I would love for you to share the gospel at, at the church. And I go, wow, what an honor. I, I was blessed by, I don't know if he realizes how much blessed I, how blessed I was. Um, because I love to share the gospel, whether it's personally, one-on-one, -on -one, or to a large number of people, as my brothers in Christ. And so it was a blessing, and I'm so glad to be here sharing the gospel. 
today. Um, we'll be getting into in, in a few short minutes. I just want to go over a few things so that you can kind of get an idea of, of uh, how this relationship began and how it all occurred and where we are today. So I don't think I'll be yelling today. <laughs> um, Rigo and I, we became believers around the same time. Actually, he accepted the Lord probably a few months before I did. And, um, and when I met him, I was just like, something's different about this guy. And I just knew that he just recently attend, started attending the church. And, and I knew his sister, Anika. And, um, and I was um, just like, wow, this place is pretty interesting. And I did the same thing. I, I don't even know if we've ever talked about it. But I, I prayed because I really kind of felt like an oddball. I felt like, well, I, I know this is all good. This is amazing. But at the same time, I felt like I didn't fit in. Like, and it was just because sometimes when we create groups, you know, we, we just love each other so much that sometimes we forget. But either way, so I was praying for the same thing. Lord, please allow me to meet somebody that, you know, I can identify with. And this, I wanted to leave the church. I'm like, I was like, I was, I was kind of shy. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go. But I kept praying because I knew God was doing something. And next thing I know, we, we hit it. You know, we were just, we were in many ways, inseparable. He actually got baptized. On the, we got baptized on the same day. And I don't know if you, I, I know he knows the story. And I think Nancy knows the story. But something awesome happened that day. And I'm going to share it with you guys because y'all probably don't know this. That day, that the pastor was getting ready to baptize Regal. And he was going into the water, he was dunking him in the water. A white dove flew right over his head. And I know that y'all might be thinking, well, it was just a bird. He probably saw some food and he was flying in that direction. But I gotta be honest with you. The moment I saw that, I really felt, and I really believe to this day that God was anointing God. I mean, God was anointing Regal for the ministry that I see today. And I praise God for that because I was an eyewitness. I was an eyewitness of what God is capable of doing. Amen to that. Rigo did something in my, as young new Christians and believers, he did something to me that really blessed my life. And that was that he gave me a, 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 a rap CD. It was a Christian rap CD. And we were really into rap, but, you know, and I didn't know about it. And he came up to me and he gave me a rap CD. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, bro, you got to listen to this. This is a rap CD and it's a Christian. And I'm like, dude, how's that even possible? You know, like, how could you do that? How, how, could, how, could you, how could that even be true? He's like, dude, just trust me. Listen to me. Listen to it. So I said, okay. And I started listening to it. And it was T-Bone, one of the pioneers of Christian rap and a few other artists. And I was like hooked. I was like, my goodness, this is the gospel being preached through hip-hop. And I was amazed. And that also catapulted me to love the Lord, like to understand the Lord and all that. And so he was a, a huge influence. He was already, he was already uh, pouring Christ into my life as, new, as a new believer. And I thank God for that. Um, one last thing. We prayed, um, me and Regal, we prayed a lot. We ended up praying, you know, at times when I would hang out with him at his house. And sometimes um, when, you know, we were at church, we prayed for things that we didn't know what the turnout was going to be. Other than that, we were just trusting God. And today I got the opportunity to meet Regal's dad for the first time. And I praise God for 
seeing him, hugging him, and hearing him. He, gave, he was a man that I remember there was some occasions where we had prayed for him. And we asked God to do something that we didn't know what it was. And to see him today and to see him at, um, seeking God and trusting God and loving God and sharing God is a, a blessing to me. Because I'm a witness. God heard my prayer. God heard Regal's prayer. God heard other people's prayers. And so I praise God for that. <clears throat> Two other people that blessed my life at one point or another, Pastor Leo. He poured so much truth into my life. And someone that is probably not going to expect me to say this, but Tito, right here, I don't know if he remembers this or not. And we've, I don't even know if we've talked about this. We may have. When I was in high school, we went to high school together. And we actually knew each other from even before then. And Tito, one day, I was living a crazy life. And I lost my keys at school. And I had no Christian friends. But I knew there was always something different about him, just like I saw in Leo. And he, he, it was late after school. Everybody had been gone. And I saw Tito. And Tito goes, hey, what's up, okay? What's going on? I'm like, man, I'm frustrated. This and that. I can't find my keys. And, and I don't know how, to, how I'm going to get home. All my friends are gone. He goes, dude, I don't know. But what? Let's, I know this could... I don't remember the exact words, but it was like he was basically saying, this could get resolved. He goes, could I pray for you? And he prayed for me, and he asked the Lord <laughs> to reveal where those keys were. <laughs> Do you remember that, Tito? You did. <laughs> Amen. He don't remember it, but I sure do, and God remembers it. And God answered his prayer because the following day, the keys were where they needed to be. And I would have never found them if it wasn't for a prayer. Amen. All right, guys. I want to thank everyone who at one point or another that's in this church that prayed for my health. I was a fireman. I ended up getting some real bad health issues. I went through some real big trials in the fire department. And I know that Rigo had brought that issue up to some of you at one point or another. And I thank God because he, he did a, an amazing work during that time of my life that brought a lot of healing. And I thank God. So thank you, church. All right, guys, we're going to get in the word now. And I want us to pray before we get started. All right. So if we can open up to John 16 verse 12 through 15. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is, why, this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Amen. And I know that what you all are going to receive and what I'm even going to receive today is what God wants us to know. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name and we thank you, Jesus, for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you are working in each one of our lives and you got a purpose and a plan and you are doing things that we don't still completely comprehend or understand. 
But we thank you, Lord, that you've filled us with your spirit and you're teaching us your truth. And every day you're working in our lives. We ask you to lead us now, Lord, in your truth. And that, Lord, the areas that we still have not had breakthrough in, I pray that you will help us break through, that you will push us through the bait so we can experience breakthrough for the one goal and for the one reason so that we can share this truth with others. The message of truth and hope through your son, Jesus. Amen. This message is grace. His business is not done yet. Today we will be going back to one of the things that impacted us the most when we first heard the good news. It was the word grace. I know that everyone here has heard the truth concerning grace because I know that my brother Rigo teaches the truth about Jesus and how he showed his grace to us and what he wanted us to learn about grace. But at the same time, for many of us, this word and the truth that is found in the Bible about what Jesus said concerning grace is at the same time the one thing that many of us have been struggling with for so long in this journey that we so love and we're committed to. Amen. You see, for all, a lot of us, we, we, now that we're believers and we've understood grace, we're learning about grace and we're growing in grace. Um, many of us, when we were very young, we were, very, we were taught to believe that if I do good and behave good, then that will make God happy with me and he in return will give me a good life and will have to allow me into his kingdom one day. So we convinced ourselves that we wanted to be good. I know as a young child, I remember <clears throat> being raised in a religion where that was what was taught. We were taught to, that if, first my, you know, we were, I was taught that God would love me if, I did what was right and good. And if you and if that and with that, that would allow me to one day enter the kingdom. My dad would sit down with me and he would tell me God's real and he wants you to go to his kingdom, but you gotta be good. And uh, the ways they raised me, that was kind of the the format, the the, the way I had to live. And um, and so I would try to be good, but it didn't take very long for me to find out, and maybe for some of you, you can or, or all of you, I think we all can understand that we all in some form or another, we found ourselves in this situation where we wanted to show God how much we love him and based on our performance that let, that let him know that, you know, whether we were good or not. And then he would either show his wrath or his love. You see, I saw God as a God who when I would do good, he would smile at me. But if I did bad, here comes a bunch of bad things. Bah, he would just throw a lightning bolt all around me and life would fall apart. And then my, my, my you know, all kinds of things. An example, my parents, um, you know, fighting. I was like, oh, there's something that, that's probably because of me. So I would blame myself. <clears throat> and, you know, I want to let you all know that I want to talk about grace. Those are the, for many of you, you're like, well, I know a lot about grace. The, the basics of Christianity is, wow, you got to learn about grace. But you gotta, I want you to understand something, that grace is something that we experience through our walk. And there's all forms of, uh, of avenues when it comes to grace that God wants us to learn. So 
in my case, I found myself, oh, uh, Romans 7.15, it says, if, if y'all can look up to 7.15, it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate, that I do. So I found myself in that situation. You know, I was trying to do good and all that, but eventually... I kept messing up. I got the spankings of a little child. I remember getting older, and now I couldn't get spanked because I would run around the table, and my mom couldn't catch me no more. And um, and eventually, you know, I, I didn't know how to be good anymore. So I was I was struggling because I, you know, I was like I want to be good because I I believe in God, and I want to make Him happy. So I looked for something. I looked for a man-made solution. And I didn't look for it through people. I just said, well, let me figure this out. If, how am I going to pay this debt, this debt that I owe God? And um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do three good things. And when I do those three good things, God's going to be happy with me again. So I would look for opportunities. And I would, like, look for some. My mom needs the trash. I'll, I'll go, instead of complaining, I would go and do it. And I'll be like, yes, I got one. All right. And um, then I would um, move, and I would see him smiling at me. And then I would go on to the next one, and I would be like, uh, you know, uh, help somebody cross the road. That's an example, but there's so many. And, and I got that done. Yes, I got that done. And that's good. I'm, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm almost there. And then on the, when I'm searching, I'm like, man, where's going on? I need to find something to do that will please God. Boom. There was the temptation again. There was a temptation, and my flesh was craving for it, and I would pursue it, and I would fall, and the guilt, and the shame, and the hopelessness, and the, the condemnation, and the, and the frustration took a hold of me. And then imagine that. And so then instead of, look, instead of saying, oh, shoot, I only own one more, now I own four. <laughs> and on and on it went. On and on it went, and I couldn't find deliverance. I couldn't, I couldn't find the solution. It was man-made. And some of you in this, in the, here have created your own solutions, or someone taught you a solution. Maybe it doesn't look like mine's, but it's a solution that you have practiced, and it's been a part of your life for so many years. You see, the flesh and the enemy plan... The enemy's plan is to orchestrate a behavior that will lead me and you into bondage and condemnation. This plan, the plan did all look, the plans don't all look the same. You see, the enemy, he wants us to learn these behaviors at a young age. He taught me this behavior at a young age so that as he teaches me this behavior, I start practicing it and I start getting used to it and it becomes a habit. And that habit becomes a part of my life. And it, hold, and it holds down deep. And it, and it controls. He basically sits back after a while and after years. All he has to do is sit back and relax and watch. That's all he has to do. He loves to watch us see ourselves destroy ourselves. But guess what? At the age of 20, at the age of eight, almost 19, I, I heard the good word. I heard the message. I was confronted with the gospel for the first time. I was confronted.
by my brother and my sister-in-law. For some of you, it was a family. For some of you, it was a pastor. For some of you, it was uh, a friend. Some of you, you opened the word and you heard it and you read it for the first time. And you were impacted by it because it was something that was opposite of what you knew. I remember the first time I read Ephesians 2, through chapter 2, verse two, 8 through 9. Please look that up. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I remember hearing that for the first time and, and, and reading it for the first time. I was like, I was blown away. There was a joy that ran through my heart. And I was impacted by it because I was like, this is the actual solution. This is the solution that God has, uh, that God has for me. I, 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 I completely misunderstood. He's not this God that just stands there waiting for me to mess up. And, um, and, and, and then it, it got even better because I had my pastor share it with me. Pastor Leo poured that into me, that truth and that, and that knowledge. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm going to get it and I'm going to hold on tight to this. It says um, in Galatians 5.2, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision or works to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised or by works, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have, been, you have fallen away from grace. And you know, I read that, cut off from Christ. That's what the enemy wants. That's, what he, that's his plan. That's what he wants. He wants to cut us away off from Christ. Paul knew this because he struggled with this. He also, um, for the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, these I keep on doing. And he goes on to say, what a wretched man I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Christ. Amen to that. So as a new believer, I accepted this truth, and it brought me joy and, I ho and a hope. But at the same time, grace was just something that I struggled with. You see, the flesh and the devil had taught me a behavior that I had practiced for 20 years, 20 plus years. And so for so many of us, it's not so easy to accept grace into our souls. It will also take some time for the Holy Spirit to orchestrate truth and grace into our lives. Amen. So you see, some, maybe all of you or some of you, like me, I became a believer and I accepted Christ and I accepted a, the gift of grace and I understood it. But there was still this struggle inside my life. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a, a visual explanation, a visual explanation so you can understand what I'm trying to, to explain here. So you see, when Christ, when I revealed himself to me through, through, the, 
through my brother and his wife and through friends and, pa and a pastor, I came to understand that Christ, when I accepted Christ in my life, he gave me a gift, many gifts, not just one, but one of them of great importance, grace. And so when I saw that gift and I, and I heard about it and I learned about it because I read, what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're saying. I can barely hear you. Yes, amen. So, so the other day, I mean, um, so that gift, I grabbed it and I was so excited about it. I held it tight and I walked everywhere with it, everywhere. And I would share it with people. I'm like, check this out. Look, look inside. Look, grace. God is good. God is merciful and God is kind and he's patient and he's loving, and I was so excited, and it was just an amazing time for me, even when I was by myself or I was with people. And then as I was walking in my Christian faith, my young Christian faith, all of a sudden, the enemy wasn't through with me yet. And he would look at me as, I'm going to catch him on the, the other end, on the other side of the corner. And all of a sudden, I would see temptation. I would see um, all kinds of temptations, a very powerful one, was pornography. That was a very powerful one. One that I learned as a young child. And he would tempt me with stuff. All kinds of stuff. But that was one of them. And I remember that I would fall into sin. And the, and the guilt and the shame. And all that would take over my life. And fear. And what is God going to do now? And bad things are going to happen. And this and that. So I know, I know what to do. I'll just put this right here. And I'm going to pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for what I've just done. And I'll get up and i go, oh, grace. Oh, wait, I need to pray again. Just make sure I got it right. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, please forgive me for this, this, and this, and this. And I would get up and I would ask God, God, please forgive No, God's not ready, man. i got to go again. And over and over, the repentance and the guilt and the shame and the condemnation as a believer, for years. It, it wasn't just um, the first year. It was for years. I dragged this, this heavy chain. And the problem was that the chain, I didn't know how to let go of that heavy burden and that heavy chain because I had held on to it for so long. For 20-something years of my life, I held it so tight. So when I, was, I dragged it into my Christian faith, I dragged it. And I was like, I don't know how to let this go. And it kept getting heavier and heavier. But God had a plan. Amen. Amen. And I know, I know some of you are dealing with this. I know that y'all are still carrying chains. Because that's our nature. The fleshly nature. And that's the enemy's plan. He's not done yet. He's not done yet. He wants to hurt us. You see, the gift is not, so the, the visual is, so I'm going back to this box. So I come back to this box, and I realized after years of, of complete condemnation and complete guilt in my faith, I was like, how does this work? I mean, I, don't, I, I mean, I get it, and I love Christ, and he's done some great things and miracles, but I still don't get this gift. I don't understand. Please, Lord, and I would cry out to God. And he explained to me, he explained to me this. 
The gift is in the box. It's not enough to just hold the box. You've got to take the gift that's in the box and receive it into your soul. You see, I kept looking into it every time, and I believed it, but I would close it. And I wanted to prove to God that I'm faithful. And I would open it, same thing over and over again. Until one day he said, enough's enough. I'm going to teach you this, and you're going to accept it, and you're going to understand grace. And the day I opened the gift, and it was one of the one, most wonderful moments of my, my walk with Christ. It was almost 12 years into my faith. I grabbed the gift Christ had given me, and I finally accepted it. I finally accepted grace. And it brought, it brought such great peace into my life and great hope in my life. And when I had shortcomings, guess what? I repented and I accepted the gift that had already been given to me. And that's what he wants for you guys. And guess what? The sinning, it started minimizing it started going away because no, there was no more condemnation. There was conviction and there was mercy, but there wasn't condemnation. And so the more those, the enemy would keep throwing those temptations at me, the, all the junk that he would throw at me. And I'd be like, it, I was amazed by it. I was like, wow, that didn't affect me. How's that possible? God's in control. So that, that's the problem. If the enemy can keep you in condemnation and fear and worries, and guess what? You're going to keep going back because you're weak. But when you accept grace, he starts building you up and he starts making you strong. And eventually, those temptations no longer have a grip on you. He'll keep throwing them at you, but guess what? He'll throw them at you from different angles and new tact. He'll create new tactics, but those new tactics aren't as powerful anymore. They're not as powerful anymore. And they just bounce off. And there is, there is hope for that. If you've been struggling with some form of addiction and you keep falling over and over and over and over again to it, guess what? God has a plan. There is a plan in the Christian faith and God has created it. And you got to, God will reveal it to you. You got to accept it and receive it. Remember the word receive it or whatever else it is. It doesn't even have to be an addiction that you know it's harming you. Remember this, if it took 20-something, 30-something plus years to learn a behavior that the enemy taught you, it's not always just, sometimes the Lord will deliver you instantly, but sometimes he wants to break this so that you will be motivated to encourage others. Amen. We're moving on. We're going to go into another topic concerning grace. For many of you, you might be saying to yourself, you may be saying, well, good thing I don't deal with this problem. Maybe this is not your problem. Maybe you're saying, well, I, that's good stuff or that's so true, I agree. But you're saying, but I've never had this problem. I've never had this problem of like torturing myself and having all this guilt and all of that. You see, for... For other of us, we have fallen into taking advantage of God's gifts of grace and using it as a license to get away with our true damaged conditions. You see, I don't think that 
in many ways, sometimes it's not on purpose or intentionally, but I think some people, this was the way they were raised. They got away with a lot of things. Maybe there wasn't enough loving discipline at home. I'm not sure, but you see, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not, since we have died to sin. We've died to sin. Amen to that, man. That scripture is very powerful. I've got this, you know, some, some people, that, some believers, they struggle and they say, well, it's just a white lie, you know. It's, it's not that bad, you know. Um, um, I've got this problem, but it's not really that bad. I mean, it's, I, I, got, I got it managed. I'm handling it, you know, and, and um, the little white lie, I, I've, I've done this myself and many of you, and we, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, please forgive me. Amen. Boom. I got this. It's done. It's settled. Who here has played Monopoly, the game Monopoly? How many of you have fallen in chance and grabbed the card and next thing you know, get out of free jail, uh, uh, get out of jail for free card? And you're like, yes, I can't wait till I, I can use this card when I land in jail. I don't have to pay the fine and I just get out of jail. You see, a lot of times, that's how we treat God. We think that we're playing a game of monopoly with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we think we can... Just, oh, we fell short, whether it was a bad sin or a real support, you know, small sin. And we're like, dude, where's that card? Ah, here it is. Let's take it out and let's give it. Let, let me give it to God. He'll be good. Father God, in the name of Jesus, please forgive me. Amen. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I'm, I'm, I'm no, no, no conviction, no remorse. And on I go. See, God doesn't want con con condemnation, but there's a problem there if you're just sinning and there's no condemnation either. It, it, what we want is conviction. God, you know, God, uh, you know, we want the Holy Spirit to bring conviction so that we can be aware, like, man, we really need to work on this area. So God, God's not, he, he, he has a plan for anyone here that struggles with that as well. He has a big plan for you. And I want, and I'm bringing this up because a lot of times we, for, you know, we just live life and, we see other ones struggling. It's like, oh, I'm doing great. You know, everything's good. No, no, look at your condition. Please stop and look at your condition because if you don't pay attention to your condition, God can't work in your life like you think he might be. See, I'm not saying that we're not going to sin again. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about like, living a perfect life you and i know that we cannot live a perfect life but what i can say is god doesn't want us to live in sin over and over and over and over just live in sin he wants us to to stand up against it he wants us to trust he wants us to trust him through it so that we won't fall to sin but if we fall to sin his grace that gift is available it's there we accepted it and we received it We're moving on to some another area of grace now. And for a lot of us, 
I believe that we find ourselves hopeful because we know we have grace, but struggle to share the gift of grace with those we have hurt or, fear, or fearful of asking for grace for the hurt and the pain we have caused others. Matthew 5, verse 6. Happy are the merciful. I, for, I forgive you for the hurt you have caused me. You see, there's a lot of people, all of us have had, been hurt in one way or the other. Some really bad and some not so bad, but either way, we've been hurt. And one of the things that we, we struggle with is to forgive this person, to forgive this person for the harm and the pain they put us through. And, we, and when we see them, we cringe or we get angry or we give them a, a, a mean face or, you know, as Christians, you know, they expect us to be nice and kind. No, well, the flesh hasn't changed. And he wants us to forgive. I remember as a young teenager, there was this young man in school who I attacked and I wailed on him. I, I was just really angry about something so silly. And I hurt him because we were good friends. And I remember that all throughout those years in school, we just never became friends. You know, we would just avoid each other and we, we disliked each other, hated each other. When I became a believer, this is an area of God that God wanted to work in my life. He wanted to teach me how not to to depend on this behavior and to avoid and reject this behavior. And so as a Christian, I, I learned that I needed to start forgiving and asking for forgiveness. And one day after I got out of high school, maybe a year or two later, this guy would always come to my mind. And I was like, man, why did I do that? Well, one day I'm at, in Miracle Mile, there's a mall, like a big building. I forgot the name. I think they changed the name, but I was going up the stairs, and next thing I know, there he is, him with another friend. The first thing that went through my mind was, oh, they're going to jump me. <laughs> this is not going to be good. But the, the Spirit of God said, Kevin, you go up to Desi, and you tell him, and you tell him that he, to ask you to, to, to please forgive, you, forgive the thing that you did to him. Please. And so I... I went up to him and I go, Desi, hey, what happened a few years back, I apologize for what I did. And please forgive me for the damage that I, I caused you. It wasn't, it, it was a bad time in my life. And all of a sudden, this guy's face fell off. This mean face fell off. And I realized that God can heal the brokenhearted. And right there... God also lifted a weight off of me. And I thanked God for that. And you know what? Ever since then, I've applied this in my life. There's still more to do. You see, my dad and I, he caused a lot of pain in my life. He caused so much hurt in my life. And even to this day, we still struggle. There's still friction. I love him. But there's a lot of pain there. And so I'm not coming to you like I got this all together and I've, and I've reached the pinnacle of, the, of living out a life that's full of grace. I still struggle with it and I still desire 
for my dad and I to overcome some of the challenges. It's not as easy as switching a, um, a light switch. I've learned that. It's like, God, like I, I say, God, why, why is it so hard to just let this go? Why can't I just turn it off like a light switch? And he, and he tells me, Kevin, I have to break those prideful areas of your life. So if you have issues with your family members or friends or anything, remember that. Remember, happy are the merciful. Matthews 5, 9. Happy are the peacemakers. Please forgive me for the pain and hurt I've caused you. We've caused pain. We've been, we've been hurt. And on and on, on and on it goes. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember, this is Matthew 5, 23 through 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. There's a lot of people here that need to not go to the altar just yet. You need to go and be reconciled. You need to reconcile yourself to a family member, to a friend. Don't do it because guess what? God's, God's like, I can't, keep work. I can't work on you yet because you're not, you're not listening to me. Please go back to your family members and be reconciled. And if it takes more than once, Go more than once. If it takes a many times, go again. And don't give up. Thank you very much. I was, I was a little concerned. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm running out of water. <laughs> I'm sorry? Yeah. And now... Now, and now, Acts 21, verse 32. And now I trust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for him. He has an inheritance for you and I. And that inheritance is, he wants, he's building us up and he's wanting us to experience all that he has for us. This grace and this truth and, and the great commission. Galatians 1.5. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Amen. You see... Right now, we're seeing something taking place around the world. And it's started in China. The coronavirus. The coronavirus is now spreading all throughout China. And many people have died. I believe they're at like 1,500, like yesterday. So it, must, it might be a whole lot more. You see, the enemy has a plan. He wants to take as many as he can with him. He wants to take as many as he can with him. And so he's doing this, and a lot of people are working to try to stop this. You know, there's people that are not believers that are, have been given a gift of God and have been given this, a gift from God, and they're 
trying their best based on the amount of knowledge and technology that they have at their disposal to try to figure out how we can manage this. And they're having success, and at the same time, they're not. But God's be, he knows everything. He's working things out. Well, guess what? It's a virus, and it's killing people. Well, guess what? God has given us a gift, not a virus. He's given us a gift, and that gift is grace. And he's want, he wants us to live in it and, and, and know that we've, and he wants us to say, if you haven't received it, receive it. So you can do the same, to, so you can bless people. You see, the way we're trying to contain this virus from hurting people and the enemy doing his works, the same thing God wants, but in the opposite he wants us to go out and share the love of Christ and share grace. Grace is beautiful. The when people hear for the first time, they're, in, they're just amazed. So remember this, that the same way that the enemy is at work, God is at work. Please take this message of grace into the lives of people and infect them with grace. Infect them with grace so that they can go and infect people with grace. And before we know it, God, he's taking his kingdom back. Galatians. Galatians 1.15. But, but even before I was born... God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus Christ and to the Gentiles. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. For any of you that have understood this message, for all of you that have heard it, and you know that you're struggling in this area, he has not, he has not forgotten what you're going through. And he, and he knows the intricate details of what you're going through. And it does not worry him. It does not scare, it does not worry him to think that, I don't know if they're going to get it. What he desires is that you seek him and trust him through this process. And that you seek him diligently because he wants to reveal this. I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for each and every one of you. If some of you are struggling with this and you just haven't found the solution, come up. Come up and we will pray for you. Let's pray right now. Oh God, in the name of your son Jesus, we praise you, Lord, for this day. And we thank you, Lord, that your word is everlasting. And no matter what may arise, you're there for us. You're there for us and you're wanting us to have breakthrough. And you're wanting us to overcome these areas of our lives that we have be, have allowed the enemy to, be, to teach us. To create bondage and guilt and shame. All those things. We ask you, Father God, that you deliver us in the name of Jesus. Deliver us, Lord. That we may bring this true message of grace 
into the lives of those who don't have never received it. We, I pray for those who have accepted it in this church, have accepted it and they know that it's true. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you bring healing and restoration and that you help them, Lord, reject all the lies that they've heard all of their lives. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we exalt your holy name. We praise you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Allow this moment, allow this moment, seek the Lord. Open your heart. Show him where it is. Let him know. Repent. If there's an area of your life that you have not given to him, repent to him. He is ready to receive and take this from you. He's ready to help you receive the grace. He's ready for you to receive the grace. If you're tired, you're tired of going back and forth. Don't go back again. Don't go back again. Receive the grace. Receive the grace. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And we thank you, Father. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Bring healing upon this church. I thank you, Father, because you got greater plans. You got huge plans for every individual in this place. Lord, I pray each one in this room, oh God, as you so well know, has someone that they know that doesn't know you. I pray, Father, that on this, in this coming week, you prepare them, Lord. Prepare their hearts, God. Prepare their hearts, God. Break through that. Allow, allow God to break through that so that you could take this message with, without fear with confidence that grace is going to break through. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Oh, God, bring healing and restoration. Oh, God. Bring healing and restoration. This is your plan. This is your message. It belongs to you. Oh God, we love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus.